Hello, and welcome to the Go Take Pictures podcast, where we spend time getting to know people who've decided to use photography to communicate in powerful ways. And the question I want to ask, how do they balance making art with being a real person? How does photography fit into their family, their job, struggles, and everyday life? At the end of the conversation, I'm hoping to know where the art comes from and then share that with you. My guest on this episode is Sarah Williams, who's an adventurer, backpacker, photographer, and co-founder of Adventure Fit, based in Los Angeles, which equips people to get out into the great outdoors. Sarah met with me in person in the Mount Hood Wilderness for this conversation, and that's the Sandy River you can hear in the background. So we are on the Ramona Falls Trail up in the Mount Hood Wilderness, which is amazing. We just hit Ramona Falls, and... Uh, Tell me what you think. You, you haven't been there before. No, it's amazing. I mean, there's not a better place to be than right here right now, I think. I, I love Oregon for what I've seen of it so far. And then just to be here right now and to be chatting with you is quite special to me. So it's nice just to be out here and not to have anything. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So um, first of all, I guess we'll just dive right in. I, would you tell me a little bit about uh, who you are, where you're from, what you do, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, right now I'm living in Los Angeles and I grew up in Las Vegas, which is a really interesting place to grow up. Um, I mean, I picked up a camera probably for the first time when I was in middle school. I used to spend my allowance buying disposable cameras Mm. and and buying the film. (laughs) And um, they were terrible. All the pictures were just God awful. That's awesome. It's funny though, that is a it's it's a very common theme. So Alexa, who you know, yeah, was my was the first episode. Yeah. And Alexa told me, and I think this did get edited out only because we, we actually recorded a first pass that got canned. Yeah. It didn't work. Um, and she said she spent all of her high school allowance on disposable cameras. Yeah. Disposable film cameras. So yeah, that's you're cool. in good company there, I think. Yeah. From a very early age, I was very attracted to the camera and photography, Mm -hmm. and it was, I couldn't really explain it. It was just something that I just enjoyed, um, even though I was terrible at it. But like when I was taking the photos, I was like, oh, this is going to be a postcard. (laughs) This is going to be so great. My parents, they don't even know what's coming. And then I'd be so ashamed when I'd see the pictures. I'd be like, womp, womp, and just like hide them, like maybe make them into a collage. I don't know. Oh, totally. Um, But I don't know. It didn't, it, I didn't take it too seriously, but I just always really, really liked it. Yeah. And then I like saved up and or like my parents helped out to get me my first digital camera. Okay. Um, and so that was like my first real camera. It was like a little tiny Kodak Easy Share, mm-hmm. like eight megapixel camera. I think that was my first one of my first. Did it have the little dock too? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little, little, and you could, the dock, you could actually buy a, a swappable foot that sat on it in case you bought a new model mm-hmm. that it would work with the new model. So you could there keep you using go. the dock. <laughs> yeah. And um, I used it and I, it had, manual capabilities and so for the first time i was able to photograph nighttime mm. just like interesting nights at light oh, cool. N- interesting lights at night because growing up in vegas like it's just you know it's a beautiful city at night and yeah. so i was really attracted to that and then that was that kind of continued until high school mm-hmm. and then my senior year in high school they got their first year of a photography program mm. and so i jumped into that program and then that's when i actually learned um black and white photography oh, and cool. actual film photography yeah, yeah. And then it came time to decide on what to do for school. 
and photography had just been a hobby for me you know I wasn't taking anything award-winning it was just I would just photograph for the yearbook and like right. for friends and my family and like interesting light coming in through the window right. or like ice melting on the ground just whatever I thought was interesting mm -hmm. um, and then it was time to decide college and at the time I was extremely and still am extremely passionate about cooking and food and stuff like that yeah. so I was trying to decide between I did not I didn't know that about you yeah love it um, beside going trying to decide between going to culinary school and pursuing a path with photography. Mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up pursuing photography. I went to a school in Georgia called mm. uh, Savannah College of Art and Design. Okay. And then got my bachelor's degree in photography there. Oh, cool. And it was, it was an amazing program. It really was. Like, I got to be exposed to so many different things, like record, like uh, film, eight, eight and a half by 11 sized film, like yeah. sheet film. Yeah. And, view cameras and like carrying around like equipment that was bigger than I was and um, having access to the faculty who were all photographers themselves and like just learning like what they did and how mm -hmm. they saw but at the time like I was extremely confused on what my vision was I didn't know what I wanted to photograph right and so I just learned how to work a camera like mm -hmm. what does that even mean and just the different aspects of it and so the technological aspect of it um, and it wasn't until after college that I actually started to find what I wanted to do. And I honestly felt a little bit like a failure when I graduated because mm. I was, I didn't have passionate enough towards anything in photography per se to pursue a job somewhere. Yeah. I just, it was always just a part of who I was and it mm -hmm. kind of became a language for me in yeah. a way, but nothing that was commercially acceptable or and it was always a little bit more fine art, a little bit more journalistic sure. for me. Okay. Um, and then I actually moved to Los Angeles after living in Georgia. And then at the time I was pretty out of shape. And so I kind of started working out outside, mm -hmm. like um, just hitting like local trails to like get myself in shape. And um, I just kind of started pursuing an, a life in the outdoors. And like, I, cause I really enjoyed just connecting to the land with my heart for some reason. That yeah. was always just really special to me. And then um, that passion kind of skyrocketed and then at the same time, like I had this passion for photography and then developing this passion for nature and the outdoors and they just, they fully merged. Yeah. And so I started bringing my camera on all these little trips and expeditions that I was going on and, um, fitness was, became a really big and important thing to me. And so, um, I would just, every single time I would do a trip, I would kind of like up the ante yeah. and, you know, then I was doing solo backpacking trips and then taking other people on backpacking trips and, um, having quite honestly, like just really incredible life experiences. That's great. And, um, I, in a way I started to feel selfish about it because oh, really? I, I would leave the city and often by myself and like go and have these incredible experiences that were just life changing. And I'd come back and I'd have the images of course, but then there was just so much more to be shared yeah. there. And I'm like, how do I share that? You know, yes, my photography can, can show that, but it, there's just so much more there. And so... Um, I'd always come back to and people would be like, that's so crazy what you do. Like, how, I could never do that. Right. And then I'm like, yes, you can. Let yeah. me show you. Yeah. And then. It's, it's literally, you had to be there. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> had to be there. Um, and then at the time I was living with a friend named Austin and he was very similar to me, like kind of going out and having these kind of just spectacular nature experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, we both felt very similar that we wanted to find a way to share that with people to and inspire them to get out there and to also have them 
you know, just a lot of people in our lives we saw, you know, suffering in certain ways, like from depression or just being stuck in the city or, you know, I was working at a restaurant and there's kids that I worked with who were like in their late teens who um, would tell me that they've never seen the snow Mm. or one of them asked me what time the forest closed, you know, (laughs) it was so sweet and so innocent. And I'm like, well, okay, well, maybe we should start doing something that we can get these people outside. Yeah. And just kind of create a little family with that. And right. So since then, we've created a, a company or a program called Adventure Fit. Okay. And um, it's been extremely rewarding. We take people who don't have these experiences and we essentially train them for a set amount of weeks and then bring them on like the experiences. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. That's but, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. It's kind of a short... Reader's Digest version. Well, no, I like it. We know where you were born. We know why, how you got into yeah. this stuff or where you grew up. Um, no, that's great. So, um, and, and a little bit of background is that you and I met about two years ago on a uh, workshop that I was uh, co-leading. And um, it was really more of a photo trip than anything else. And at the, and I think we, we, we actually, for a few hours, drove around with you in my, uh, in my rig. We had just a whole crew of people just driving around all these locations. But uh, I remember distinctly spending some time talking with you just about your life and where you, you know, kind of what, where you've come from. And, and I think there's a real, and I think this comes across in your photography, but also just the way I, the way you talk, there's a real gentleness to the way you approach everything as well. Um, Like I see you doing these amazing things and yet also you just seem like you're just, really chill about all of it. <laughs> like you, it just seems like you're kind of like, no, we, we just, this is what we should do because this is what we should do. This is, this is, this is what's important. Um, but there's a very, there's a very real sense of peace, I think, in your photography. That even when it's about, when it's people like climbing and people doing all kinds of action, it feels so relaxed. It feels very much like you're, you're just kind of part of it. You're, we're not watching somebody documenting from the outside. And it's funny because you actually mentioned that about somebody else's photography when we were talking earlier, but I see that in, in yours too. Like I don't, I don't get the sense of like, Oh yeah, this is Sarah's point of view. It's more like I'm immersed in the, into the, the group. I'm part of the group is kind of how it feels. Yeah. So well, thank you for saying that. That's yeah. awesome. Cause yeah. I definitely try to feel that sense of calm, even when I'm in pretty extreme situations. Um, Cause like, you have to get still. I think, and to really kind of step outside yourself and really understand what's happening around you. Mm -hmm. And then like, what is the key point to capture? What are you, what are you attracted to within a scene? Mm -hmm. And what emotion are you trying to capture at the same time? No, I like that. I like that. Well, the the trip that we went on was kind of a wild four, four days, I think Mm -hmm. of just crazy shooting, (laughs) really ridiculous long hours on the Oregon coast mostly and then one waterfall inland Um, (laughs) sunrise sunset the whole day yeah and it's interesting because i think i you know i was shooting a decent amount on that trip but you know mostly kind of trying to guide and uh, trying to point people the right direction but that is one of the most one of the one of the most meaningful photo trips i've ever been on and i don't know what it was exactly but everybody that i talked to that was on that trip with us says the same thing. Like, I agree, yeah. There was something really unique about that. And, we, you know, I've, tr- I've even tried to kind of replicate it to, s- to some parts of that, and mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. It's cool, but it's not the same. Um, so I think uh, 
we became friends in, in, you know, in one of these moments where like we all have this shared memory, which is Absolutely. cool. Yeah. And Alexa was there on that trip. And my, our friend, my friend, Justin, uh, Justin Lamb, he's Justin and I have another podcast together and he and I talk at least a couple times a week. Um, and, and, and he's, uh, he's old school enough. We just get on the phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I will literally just get phone calls from him. He doesn't text ahead of time. He just calls me. <laughs> Sometimes texting is a hassle. Just get on the phone yeah. and just have a conversation. <laughs> well, he literally called in the middle of my last podcast interview. And because it's recorded on my iPhone, it interrupted and I had to pause. Oh, and go, no. Hang on a second. I think my the recording just stopped. Oh. <laughs> so uh, luckily, I think here we have no service. So I can't get interrupted. Won't be a problem. Yeah. But um, so that's a little bit of the history of like of how we know each other. Um, so... Here's what I'm curious about. One of the most fascinating things that you, that I've seen you do was your trip across New Zealand. And I would love to know more about that because (laughs) I mean, I mean, first of all, that just seems crazy to me and I, and I admire you for it. Like really (laughs) admire you for it. But when I, but I, when I watch it and it just, it's kind of the, uh, you know, the proverbial, you know, head exploding. Like, I don't even understand how that, how to do that. Or, and I don't know how I, that I would have the fortitude for it. And it seems so much more intense than doing something like the Pacific Crest Trail or the Appalachian Trail. It is a lot so more intense. So I want to know, I want to know, I want to know more about that. How did you, how did that come about? What did you, for, first of all, what did you do? But also how did it come about? How did you make that happen? And then what was it like? Yeah, well, I mean, what I did in a sentence was walk the entire length of New Zealand. So starting at the northernmost tip of the island at a place called Cape Reinga, um, and then just traversing all the way south to the southernmost tip at a place called Bluff, all on foot, all in one straight shot. One foot in front of the other the entire time. (laughs) Um, Lots of those were very muddy feet. You were sharing the stories on the your trip yeah and it was honestly one of the most challenging things that I've ever done I can imagine physically (laughs) but also like emotionally mentally with my photography everything like I think about it every day like I have like I mean it's it's the most it was the most rewarding experience but because it was also the most difficult Mm -hmm. and I'm still processing you know it's been a little over a year since I've been back now and I'm still processing it Mm -hmm. and it wasn't one of those things that I thought I was going to do in my life or it wasn't like a a dream that I had for a long time I'll be honest when I say that I just knew that I wanted to do a long distance hiking trail um because I've done the the John Muir Trail which Mm -hmm. is a 220 mile trail in California that runs from Yosemite Valley to Mount Whitney and I loved it it was 18 days and at the end of the 18th day I was sad I was like I could stay out here for so much longer And um, it was actually on that trip that I really felt like I found my calling in terms of photographing while being in the natural world. Yeah. Um, and so that was always in my mind. And since then, I was just doing a ton of backpacking. And I knew that I wanted to do something longer because I was just really attracted to the idea. And, um, you know, I, of course, heard about the, the Pacific Crest Trail and the Appalachian Trail and even the Continental Divide. And they were all attractive in their own way and, you know, easy to get to being, you know, in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but I was just thinking about my life situation, which was just at the time, I didn't really have a lot of commitments. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't in a, a, like any kind of career that required me to be somewhere specific. I wasn't in school, not in a long-term relationship. Um, I was very free. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that that wouldn't always be the case, I was like, let me use this freedom that I have right now. Cause I know that it won't, it's, it'll be fleeting. Yeah. 
And so I just had that idea in my mind and I didn't do anything with it right away. And to be honest, I think I was on the internet and it came across one of those like checklists that's like the <laughs> 10 greatest long walks you've either never heard of or you should do in your life. Yeah. And um, I saw one for New Zealand and I was like, that looks nuts and kind of crazy. And I tried to do research on it and I really couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just learned that it was recently established within the last five years. Mm-hmm. And I found a couple people who had done it, but there's really not a lot to it. And so in a way that kind of attracted it to me because I was yeah. like, that just seems nuts and just the right kind of nuts for me. <laughs> and I knew that I'd have to be there for several months and yeah. being under the age of 30, um, I was able to apply for a work holiday visa so I oh. could be there for the entire year. Okay. And so once I did that, that kind of solidified things for me. Mm. And so I, as soon as I decided, I, the, just very impulsively bought a one-way ticket mm-hmm. for a random time that just seemed to, to correlate with the seasons. Yeah. And before I had planned anything, I just bought the ticket because that was my way to ensure that I would go. Commit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, being on a budget, of course, I did what I could. I actually, you know, moved out of my apartment, put stuff into a friend's garage, which was awesome of her to let me do that. And I canceled things like my health insurance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be here. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I know this is going to go do the most dangerous thing I've ever done, but let me just get rid of my insurance real quick. Um, and I didn't even get traveler's insurance. I was kind of irresponsible with it, to be honest. Um, and I didn't really know what I was in for. Um, just because there's not a lot, there's not a guidebook. There's mm-hmm. not really a lot out there. Um, and so. With, but you weren't by yourself the whole time. Yes. Yeah, actually, well, I flew out with a friend who said he was going to do it and started it. And it just didn't work out. He, on the first day, he um, got it like a, a fracture, like a martless, um, a marcher's fracture, I think is what it's called, in his foot. Oh, on like the first or second day. And so he kept trying to, you know, walk on it, but kept re-injuring it. And so he was out, unfortunately. Um, So continued the journey completely solo. Um, And I honestly had had knew that that would be the case. Like I knew that he was coming out, but I just had a feeling I was like, I feel like this is still going to be a very much a solo thing because I had just put a call out, honestly, on Instagram, just saying what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if there's anybody out there crazy enough who wants to do this with me, then come. Mm -hmm. And so he answered that call. And then um, it didn't work out, unfortunately. And I'm still great friends with him. He lives yeah. in Seattle. I visited okay. him this week, actually. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was just one of the most terrifying experiences in the beginning because it was so unknown. Yeah. But it was just a practice in being comfortable in that unknown. Yeah. And just being confident in my own skills, knowing that the backpacking experience that I had would be enough to serve me. Yeah. Um, Because I knew that I was going to be going through every possible type of terrain there. Mm -hmm. You know, walking blistering hot beaches to muddy forests where it's so thick you can barely see three feet in front of you. To, you know, alpine rock to everything. Mm -hmm. And also, how do you pack for a trip like that? Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Especially overseas. Well, you just watch Lord of the Rings and you take notes, right? (laughs) I did watch that in the plane on the way over. You you buy, I think, a Hobbit backpack (laughs) with a... (laughs) And you visit Hobbiton, Hobbiton yeah. for sure. Um, I mean, that, they, they covered all that train, I think. Yes, 100%. And I was, I, that's all that I needed, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. You it, don't wear boots. You just wear, you go barefoot. Yep, and, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got the big old hairy feet. They, they serve you well. <laughs> I'm sure. That's totally cliche jokes, I'm sure. But uh, yeah. Totally. So how long did it take? It ended up taking four and a half months. Okay. 
and I mean, it was everything and more. It yeah. was so physically demanding, um, especially towards the end. My knees were just swollen grapefruits. And mm-hmm. there was at one point when I got to the South Island where I actually got food poisoning mm. and not from anything on the trail. I actually got it when I stopped off in a town. Of course. And then so I was just like bedridden in a hostel. You're for, not meant for this. <laughs> yeah, for like four days. And that was that was pretty tragic. And the the bathroom to the hostel was on the bottom floor and I was on the top floor. And so I had to like hug the banister oh. to like come down because my knees and my feet just, especially towards the end, like I remember writing in my journal that it just felt like my bones were breaking because it was just every day, every yeah. day. Like I didn't take my first break until I got to Auckland, which took about 21 days. Oh, wow. And so just, you know, from sunrise to sunset walking. But it, to me, it never got boring or never got old. Or it was mm-hmm. just every single day was a new challenge to overcome. Right. You know, there is, you know, some kind of upcoming crazy river crossing that people are, you know, having to figure out how to get around it. So a lot more complicated than what we did today. <laughs> <laughs> slightly, just slightly. <laughs> just up the ante, just a bit, and then there you go. We literally um, waited and watched uh, and saw some people coming back down the trail. And so we're like, oh, they're crossing right there. And Let's go back. That looks there. like it has a handrail almost. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And each, like I said, each day was just a completely new challenge, and I liked that. Yeah. It was, I was, it was the most present I've ever been in my life too, and it, it did feel like I was completely cut off from the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, and I kind of liked it yeah. in a way because I definitely did end up meeting people who were doing what I was doing, mm-hmm. and so you kind of team up yeah. for those challenges. Yeah. And well, and I saw that I was actually looking through. I think you still have some saved in your Instagram stories. Yeah, I do. And I was looking through there. There was one day where you actually went to like a department store and got uh, makeup <laughs> <Yes>. put on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, me and my friend um, who was from France, we just we were like, let's go put makeup on. Let's see what that's like again. And then we did it. And I felt like a clown. We didn't even put on like that much. But like I was walking through the city. I was like, everybody's staring at me. Nobody was staring at me. Yeah. But I felt like it. It was just so strange. Yeah. And like I had a coffee at a coffee shop. I'm like, this is life. Yeah. <laughs> Back to normal. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's so funny that you saw that. <laughs> How long? Well, I literally just looked at it a couple of days ago. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what, um, so how, what, what was the longest you went with other like with other people were there any people that you were with with you for quite a while actually yeah so like the first month I ended up walking with a girl named Courtney who was from New Zealand which I thought was awesome because she taught me everything about the local you know about the locals and like how to talk to them all the lingo and all that stuff and then I was in and out of another group and then ended up walking with kind of the same people honestly for the rest of the time okay and so I never really felt that alone yeah even though it was just like a small group of us. Did you have some times when you were just like alone? Definitely. Yeah. And I seek them out. Yeah. Because it's, it's interesting too, like walking with the same people. You, you're with them for 24 hours a day. Yeah. And so you, you need your own space and you need your own time. And How does that fit in? Like, what are you normally like? Um, are you normally an introverted sort of person or are you normally extroverted? I would say that I am as extroverted as an introvert can get. So an introvert, but... <laughs> Does that make sense at all? I'm, so, I, might be, I might have to re-listen to that and think okay. about that again. Um, I definitely gain my energy from being alone. Okay. So I'm definitely an introvert. introvert. Yeah. However, at the same time, I mean, I, I cannot live without deep, intimate connections. Right. And those kind of really nice, heartfelt conversations. Yes. Yeah. I call so. myself an introverted extrovert. Okay. Um, because I'm the type where I really... I really, really thrive on small groups of like 
three or four people, like if I, if I can be in a group of four people, I'm happy as a clam. Mm-hmm. And I don't really need alone time that often, but I do need time every single day with nobody bothering me where I can just be by myself. And it's, and it's not like I come home and I go, Oh, I'm so drained from talking to people, but it's, but it's more, I don't, I can't deal with big groups of people. Like it just, it, it's too much. So I'm, I'm a lot of energy. I'm not life of the party. I'm not a, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't do that. And so, um, but my wife is not like that at all. She's totally an introvert. And so she come, she'll come over work and go hide. And so I'm going to the bedroom. I'm leave me alone for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't do it every day. Yeah. She doesn't do it every day. But like sometimes I'll go on a trip. Like I went on a trip a few weeks ago and my boys were, were, um, were out of town and uh, at a camp and my daughter, I took my daughter with me to drop her out of a friend's house. And then I was off gone shooting, doing some landscape photography with a friend. She was by herself and she was happy, just happy to clam. Just so, oh yeah, it's great. You know, she watches her shows and she does yeah. all her things. And then we came home and she was a happy and all right, great. <laughs> so it's, it's always fascinating to me. And I've always assumed that the kind of person who would go on a solo long distance hike, walk, you gotta be, you gotta be an introvert on some level. I think so. For that to work. Otherwise it could be extremely torturous. Yeah. Treacherous. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm extremely comfortable with being alone. Yeah. But I think that's what makes when I am around people that much more special. Right. That's right. a... For me, it's about the balance of it. I mean, to speak to another experience, I don't know if I ever told you about a time that I was on a um, reality show where I was stranded in a cave. No. <laughs> you, you, know, you may have mentioned it kind of in passing, but okay, let's hear that story. Yeah. So I was a part of a survival survival experiment for um, Discovery Channel Okay. where I was marooned in a cave, a pitch black cave underground for six days. um the objective essentially was to knit they they put you down there and you you have to find other people who may or may not be down there find caches of food that you may or may not find and then navigate yourself out without your vision and so it was interesting i'm like first of all how do you film that um it was all infrared technology and so um that was a really interesting experience in the sense of just like real. I was realized on that, like how comfortable I am being alone. Yeah. And it was also interesting in the sense of it being, you know, I rely on my vision so heavily, you right. know, I mean, we all do, but specifically being a photographer, it was weirdly a really great lesson in vision. Yeah. And, you know, um, to allow like other senses to kind of become stronger and to come through and I felt like a different photographer when I came out of wow. that experience. And yeah. Like having been blind for a while? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember like when I came out of the cave, it, it, I couldn't tell what time of day it was. Yeah. And like, I just had like a soft blur on everything for like my eyes to like readjust to the light. Where was the cave at? It was in Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Missouri. <laughs> of all places. I'm like, well, if I can't see anything, it doesn't matter where. Well, it, it makes you think, okay, yeah, Missouri. Um, yeah, I can't even... That makes me think of, like, Ozarks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missouri. My, my grandma was born in Missouri. And I always would... I remember when I was a kid, I was like, Grandma, what's it like being from, like, the sticks? <laughs> She's just... <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, if you ask anybody where they're from, they're like, it's totally normal. Like, yeah, whatever exactly. it is, is normal. Yeah. <laughs> no, you had never... T- I, I think... Maybe you mentioned it, and I think it was, like, people were like, What? 
I've never seen that. Yeah, well, the thing is, it never aired in the U.S. Oh, it aired, really? It aired internationally, and you can watch it in Portuguese on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, did a, a voice dub on it, and oh, it's, it's voice actually dub. quite hilarious. <laughs> okay, I might have to look that up. You might have to give me the link to that. I'll send I'll it. I'll put it in the I'll show send notes. It. It's kind of obscure. If anybody really wants to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really crazy. Um, but, yeah, just gather these life experiences and oh that's no i think that's fantastic um so you when you came like when you're on that trip in new zealand in new zealand what was the how did you deal with the technology thing with photography because you're a photographer you Mm -hmm. took a camera with you yeah and that's just an awful long time to be out um, what was the what was the thing? How did you deal with cards? How did you deal mm-hmm. with charging? How did you deal with backing things up if you did at all? Yeah, so this is good. This is good. <laughs> um, so I because I can barely deal with like a week. Yes, and I'm, and I'm going. I have filled up all the 64 gig cards, and what am I supposed to do now? So I'm totally curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this story doesn't have a super happy ending, which <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if I told you this whole experience. Um, but yeah, so like I, I went out there. You know, I have I was shooting on the the Sony A7 II. Mm-hmm. And I think I brought maybe eight batteries with me. Yeah. And I also brought a device called a Narbox. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Which I think I brought when I was doing that mm-hmm. workshop in Oregon, which is kind of like a rugged outdoor backup device. Yeah. And so I left that with a friend who was living in New Zealand with the idea that I would pass through her town up, kind of like dump all my data on there and then kind of bring it and use it. Yeah. Um, and so I was very minimal. Yeah. on that trip i ju- i brought that camera i had two lenses i had a 28 prime and then 55 prime um and then two memory cards that's it that's literally all that i brought how big the memory cards yeah. i think they were 64 gigs each. oh my gosh <laughs> so you were relying on the i'm going to dump off the card yeah okay Yes. And so, I mean, and it, and it definitely worked. I mean, in terms of charging, you know, like those batteries would last me a long time. Yeah. Like having eight Did you of them. have like a solar panel or anything I didn't. Like that? I actually, I did bring one with me to yeah. New Zealand, but I ended up leaving it. Yeah. Because I would probably come in contact to some form of electricity. Like it wouldn't be longer than 10 days. Okay. And so I was able to use what I had for that short period of time. And if you're not leaving on the camera on all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And I did try to be somewhat selective of what I shot. Yeah. Instead of just shooting everything, like I really wanted to make it like about the experience. Um, and then of course capture everything that I could, but I wasn't sitting there doing like star photography every single night yeah, yeah. or anything that really required like a time lapse or anything like that. It was very, I did it with like a very much like documentary style approach. Cool. I'm going to pause for a second. So I'll edit this part out. Okay. Let's see if this thing is. Yeah. It, it, I know it has a, yeah, it totally stopped. So I'm going to start it again. Why do you think that happened? I think it has a 30 minute limit. Oh, okay. And I was waiting for the 30 minutes. Okay, there you so go. We'll see if that, I don't, I, it's just, I'm literally only thinking it's a backup. Yeah. And I'm, I, I may end up sharing like some clips if I ever do like a YouTube thing. Totally. So we'll see. Cool. So anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, I cut you off, but um, I'll let you jump back in. Yes, yes. Um, so I, very minimal gear, very minimal everything. Cause yeah. I was trying to be as light as possible. I, carried a small tripod with me for the first part Mm -hmm. um but then i ended up ditching it (laughs) because when you're walking for you know 10 20 miles a day and 
you want to be kind of quick. It has to have purpose. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything. everything you carry has to exactly. have real purpose. And I hadn't used the tripod. And mm. only because I'm honestly a fan of making my own tripods. Yeah. Like MacGyvering it. <laughs> like making something out of sticks and bubble gum and just whatever I can. I, I get pleasure out of it. Did you ever try that. the bean bags? The bean bags? Yeah. No. What's that? <laughs> people people will just pack like a little bean bag in their pack. Uh-huh. And that was what they use. And you can, I guess I could see how that yeah, would you work. Just put your, you just set your camera on top of the bean bag. Yeah. And, you can, and it'll like conform to whatever rocks or sticks. And that's mm-hmm. that's what you do. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's a great... Nope. Yeah. Never even heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had the backup device kind of like halfway through the journey. And so I backed up everything up until that point on that. And then I think I even left the memory card with her. Okay. Um, for that. And then um, the second part of the journey which is i kind of break it up in half like the north island and the south island um i was kind of following that format of that kind of like backup and i was uploading a couple things occasionally i got a cable to be able to upload the raw images to my phone which was cool yeah um and then i was doing a lot more video on the south island and so i'd always upload the videos to my phone yeah um and then Pretty close to the end, I actually ended up dropping my camera into a river. See you later. Yeah. Completely gone, fried. <laughs> and so I was devastated, but I was like, oh, I made it this far with, yeah. without. And as you know, I have a history of cameras and water. And <laughs> so, okay, so I, I will, <laughs> this is a total tangent, but uh, I don't know if you should tell it or if I should tell no, it. No, I like your, okay. Uh, you, so you we, we, we went to this spot that's called Hug Point. Is that mm-hmm. right? Um, Hug Point Falls. And we were there middle of the middle of the day, like probably, oh, it was probably like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. It was, it was gorgeous. Total bluebird day. And the way that it works there is that there's this, this piece of rock that sticks out in the water. And to get to the waterfall, you have to go around the rock. But at high tide, you can't get out there. And we got there as the tide was coming in thinking oh we're not going to be over there that long so we all you know waited till the waves went out and we all ran around the outside of the rock and went over to the waterfall and we all hung out over there for 20 minutes or so and then we came back and when we were coming back some of us misjudged <laughs> how fast the wave was coming in <laughs> and your camera mm-hmm. was it in your bag the camera was in my hand. And it was in your hand. I'd, you had the same bag, though. It, that's correct. The that's a good eye. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember <laughs> just, it, I remember just, it was heartbreaking because it was, <laughs> it was your camera. And then uh, Marion was, was also in the same group running around there and her phone. Yeah. She had like an iPhone 5, I think. Yep. And, and it was like, she could not focus on anything else the rest of the day. She was just like, oh, I'm so, my phone, I can't. Because it was literally like, I can't call, I can't call an Uber when I get off the airplane when I get yeah. home. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So you're, um, you were totally a trooper. And I think, <laughs> I think you borrowed. Yeah, I borrowed a camera from you. You borrowed my little RX1 camera mm-hmm. for the rest of the trip, I yep. think. Yeah, it's definitely sad. I totally forgot about that whole I just yeah. said that. Yeah, it was, and it's a great camera. Which is the actually the camera my daughter is which carrying is, around today. Which is awesome. So uh, my daughter Aislinn and my son Gavin are, went on this hike with us, and they are off graciously giving us some time to talk. But she's probably taking pictures of him, and she says they're silly. They're goofy pictures of him. <laughs> she says she's his personal photographer. Yes, so. little she, paparazzi. Yes, yeah, so she's carrying around. <laughs> 
she's carrying around the little camera. Yeah, I mean that was <laughs> that was a really interesting experience, definitely. I mean, I was I was pretty devastated to be honest because it's an expensive camera and I didn't immediately I can't just be like, "Oh, I'm going to go buy buy a new one." It was it was a thing. And um You were very, very cool and collected about it, I will say. Well, I mean, like I'm in an amazing place with amazing people. You're like, what are you going like, to do? And you know, that and that's the other thing, you know, it's like I am a photographer, but I'm such an experienced person. Like I just thrive on outdoor experiences and like like you were talking about, like there was a magic to that trip. And even though that thing happened to me, and I still wanted to be present there and like enjoy and to be with you guys and to be in the energy of it all. But well, if it speaks at all to the thing I said earlier, like I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm, your camera got ruined. One hundred. And you just kept rolling. You just kept. <laughs> and I I remember being like, I got to take notes here because I would be in fits if that happened to me. <laughs> so. I, I took notes. I was learning. I was learning from you because I, I felt like the way you you handled that was so much grace, and you just it was like you just were like this isn't what matters, and so uh, anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, there's some there's definitely some lessons there, and like kind of fast forwarding to like the the camera getting ruined in New Zealand with a very similar situation in water. My friends joke with me all the time. They're like, "Don't take anything near water. Just stay away from it." <laughs> and then so my answer to that was just buy a waterproof case, which I did. So you got one. <laughs> um, but it really did honestly teach me a, a valuable lesson because I was maybe I was extremely attached to the camera, mm. and because especially because like the Sony cameras, they're amazing, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I, in some ways, weirdly attached my value to the camera. Mm. And so, like, when I lost the camera, I felt like I lost a little bit of me being a photographer. Mm. Like, I felt like my hands had been cut off. If, oh, I, wow. if like, I was, you know, a sketch artist and I couldn't sketch anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, I w- did think that in some way that I was no longer a photographer because I ruined my equipment. I didn't have it. But then, you know, after that trip, I actually switched systems and I went to Nikon for a little bit. And then I, before the Sony, I was on Fuji. And, um, and just to be clear here, we're, yeah. uh, we're back in Sony land. <laughs> yes, <right>? yes. <laughs> you know, after experimenting and dabbling, I found myself where I need to be. Not that this is a Sony um, ad. No, anything, definitely but. not Sony ad. <laughs> um, but the thing that I really, I just gained a lot of confidence, you know, in my in my eye and who I am as a photographer going through all the different camera systems because I truly, truly learned that it's not the camera that takes the picture. It's, right. it's the person behind it and what they see and what they choose to capture with it. And I mean, that might be obvious to a lot of people, but it wasn't obvious to me, you know, especially like the school that I went to, you know, like whoever had the best camera was the best photographer mm. according, you know, to them. And I bought into that a little bit. And because I didn't always have the best equipment and I was, you know, making photos out of, you know, Quaker Oats, you know, like just whatever I could, you know, for some reason I just bought into that stigma and it took me years to get rid of it. And it took me those tragic <laughs> camera and water experiences to realize that like, it's not really the camera, like it's it's me and my life experience and what I see and I that. there's that I think it's a quote from Ansel Adams that I've always really loved, you know, where he says something along the lines that there's two people in every photograph, mm-hmm. um, the viewer and the photographer. Yeah. And I just really love that like kind of like invisible conversation and that's what I think about in almost every photo that I take. Yeah. And it took those experiences for me to to gain that confidence that I didn't mm-hmm. have before. I like that. And so it's something that was initially kind of tragic and yes i was rolling with the punches and stuff like that but internally i i felt you know like ah oh, who am i yeah. <laughs> without this thing um but it ended up being a really great thing that's cool that's really cool <laughs> yeah 
So since that, um, so that New Zealand trip happened, has happened since that trip. Mm-hmm. And you have started this new business since then as well. And also, um, you've been posting all kinds of cool kind of behind this. Well, you've been doing a lot of video. Yeah. And, I, and it's really great. I'm not great at video. <laughs> so every time I, I'm always kind of watching, like, oh, I'm taking notes. Like, this is really cool. But you've been doing all kinds of really cool adventure videos and photography while you're out doing stuff, a lot of rock climbing. Um, tell me about that. Because that, that, I mentioned earlier that you, it feels like your photography, the, the, the work you're putting out there, the, the, the video and the photos, it makes me feel like I'm there. And I'm curious about what you're doing, how you're approaching it. Mm -hmm. What is that like in your life right now? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do a lot of photography for for quote unquote work. But to me, it's it's much more of just my lifestyle. It really is. Like every single day I have my camera in my hands. Like you'd be hard pressed to find me without it. Mm -hmm. And whenever I want to learn about anything or showcase anything, I do it with the camera. Mm-hmm. I use the camera as an excuse to look deeper into things. Yeah. And I'm so passionate about sharing experiences that I have with other people. And that's what that tool has allowed me to do and mm-hmm. to, to take what I see into what I do. Cause I have so many friends who, who don't do what I do. And I, you know, and you know, people who are, who say, say, say to me that they like feel stuck in, in what they're doing and even, I mean, I mean, in some ways, a true inspiration is um, my grandmother on my mother's side. Um, she had cere- cerebral palsy, and especially growing up later in her life, she was um, she wasn't able to really go anywhere to do anything. And internally, it made me very sad, just because I was young and was able and spry and able to go out into the world and to see just these beautiful amazing places and somewhere in the back of my mind I would think of her sitting like in a room not able to experience that stuff and Mm -hmm. um I just wanted to find a way to be able to share the world with her yeah or with anybody like that or who isn't able to for one reason or another get out there and um so like when I go and I on, on any kind of adventure trip or anything that I do, I am trying to think of a way to, to capture it, to share it with people. And which is why I got into video. Um, I would, I had always done still photography, but because the Sony cameras are just so beautiful and amazing, like the video on them is just top notch. It yeah. really is. So you're is. shooting all your video with the, with I this do. Camera. Yes. And, and I, I definitely like the idea of the, a true motion picture. You know, I don't really do a lot of editing to my videos. My business partner actually edits all of our adventure videos together. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of just what I share with my small following, it's just clips Mm -hmm. and just little nuanced moments that you can absolutely capture in photos. And I definitely try to. That's great. But it's just a little, I don't know what word I'm searching for here, but just truly a moment. Mm -hmm. And... I always step outside of myself, I feel like, when I'm documenting on trips. Some, sometimes to a detriment, because I take myself out of it a little yeah. bit, just because I want to have a grander perspective or a grander sense of scale about right. what it is that I'm doing. Um, but I just, it's so intuitive at this point. Yeah. You know, like what I'm attracted to or what I want to capture. But I'm definitely always thinking about how to set the scene. Now, are you doing anything beyond just hand-holding? 
video or do you, do you have any kind of a, any sort of a gimbal or anything I like have that? used gimbals um, for professional shoots, okay. absolutely. Um, but, and I want to bring a gimbal with me on these adventures because I do like, you know, sometimes when you're walking on a trail, it, it does look beautiful if you have a nice steady shot. But at the same time, like I'm kind of into my handheld look. Yeah. No, I, and I, I say that not, not saying yeah. there's anything wrong with it. Saying yeah. I really admire it. I like yeah. it. And I've been curious. I'm like, I wonder what she's shooting that with. Yeah. No, it's literally just me, the body camera, one lens. I really only been shooting. Is it usually shooting, 55? I've been shooting with the 55 pretty much exclusively. It's a cool lens. And, you know, I just, I like to think about the camera as le- as as least as possible yeah um you know of course like i'm always shooting in manual and just flipping the settings and stuff like that but the the more i can focus on what's happening in front of me and just really using the camera as an extension of myself just to very quickly just know what setting i need to do to capture what's happening in front of me right like the faster that that can happen the better for me because i'm just what how do i capture you right now this emotion like where we're at the sky like everything yeah and you can't always do that in one shot and i think that's why i'm drawn to the video it's because you can get all the detail establishing shots yeah or just like a quick expression and Mm -hmm. like you kind of you paint a picture with moving pictures i love that yeah it's fun it's a lot of fun yeah well it's interesting because i've been i've you know personally been interested in in kind of tackling more video but i just have never for whatever reason haven't done it so. It's hard in my, it's, you gotta, sw- it's, there's definitely a switch that has yeah. to happen. Cause like when you're photographing, you're photographing, mm-hmm. you are looking around for images. You're like, what is the best composition? And so like, especially cause a lot of stuff that I do is like very fast moving, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, is this a video or is this a photo? Or is this a video or is this a photo? And right, it's like, right, right. and so I end up taking very short clips, which I guess is not wonderful for people who edit videos because you need like <laughs> long clips to like do transitions. And I'm just like, like lightning, like rocket speed, like right, right. clips, just because I'm like, oh, it's a great video, but oh, I also want to capture it in a, in a photo. And so it's like this constant like thing that you kind of have to think about, like what, what medium best serves this? Yeah. Or like, what, what are you trying to say and how, what can, what can say it easy? No, I love that. A little bit more easier. More easy. Yes. More easy. <laughs> I like that. More Some easy. arrangement of those Some words. version of that. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. Uh, I love it. Keep doing it because it's, yeah. it's, it's really cool stuff. And I, I feel like I, like I said, I feel like I, I get to watch. I get to be kind of be, I'm like a fly on the wall. I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, um, you mentioned the business. Um, tell me more about like what that entails. What are you actually doing? Yeah. Cause, because I think, and, and with the preface that when I first met you, you were doing, um, you know, kind of doing some teaching uh, outdoor on outdoor stuff uh, mm-hmm. through REI, yeah. But I'm um, in in LA, which is crazy to me that there's an REI in LA. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, tell me about what you're doing and and kind of how it relates to you know kind of how you got there. Yeah, I mean, like in a sentence, you know, I've co-founded a, a program that its aim is to inspire outfit and guide people on outdoor experiences and all facets and um, it's a multi-week program Um, so we'll get let's say like a group of 10 people Mm -hmm. and we don't do much advertising at all it's all word of mouth okay Um, and 
we bring together a group of people who I truly always believe is a divine group of people because yeah. like I said, we don't advertise. So like who, if they're there, they're meant to be there. Right. Like they are ready for that experience or they just need something in their life. Like they're stagnant in their job or they're in a complicated relationship that they just need to step away from just to fo- refocus or just something. They're there for a purpose right. and they know that the, the outdoors has something to offer them. And, um, we kind of, for, to give you like an insight to the program, I mean, for the, you know, three or four weeks leading up to whatever is the final trip, which varies, um, we train them physically and my business partner is a personal trainer. And so he kind of runs them through, you know, what does it physically take to, um, what does it physically take to to climb a mountain or to go on a long hike or all that stuff. Like how do you get someone physically ready for that? And so our program is based around that, but all of the exercise that we do, it's all like group oriented. So Mm -hmm. you're doing it in a, in a team or as a, as a partnership. And so you develop like a kind of like a closeness with people and we, we integrate, you know, team building exercises and we really train these people together like Mm -hmm. as a family. That's awesome. And, um, another aspect that I try to bring to the program, which is, you know, everything that I've learned and from all my experiences is like, you have to be resilient. You mm-hmm. have to have grit. You have to not want to give up immediately. You'll, you might want to, but you don't. And so it's like, how do you teach somebody that? Like, right. how do you integrate that? And so, um, we find our ways to, we, yeah. we work a lot with like ice immersion. Um, mm-hmm. we do a little bit of meditation, definitely some yoga and, um, a lot of breath work. That's great. And so, we get them kind of ready and then we take them out on like a fully loaded adventure in some way. Mm-hmm. My favorite one that we did was a three day backpacking through Big Sur. Mm-hmm. We hiked to the that highest, awesome. yeah, the highest coastal summit in, in the lower 48, which was just unbelievably yeah. incredible. That sounds good. And just, it's so rewarding. You know, people just are so refreshed and rejuvenated and inspired and, it's my hope that, you know, when people come to us and they, they go through a program, they then become advocates themselves right. to help inspire the people in their life who, who need it. Do you find a lot of people that are there, they've never done anything like this before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Most of these people are, are brand new to the outdoors, have maybe gone on a, a day hike. City folks? City mostly. folks. Mostly city folks. Absolutely. What, what is, is that, um, what's it like from a demographic standpoint? Like, I mean, just in terms of, you know, what kind of, like, city folks, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, are these people that are working, you know, r- regular nine-to-five jobs? Are they educated? Are they, you know, working class? What's the, what is that like? Yeah, I mean, and, I, and, and also just like, uh, just like race, you know, because um, I know that we tend to, in the outdoor, in the outdoor industry, it tends to be very um, middle-class white. Yeah. And I, what's that like? with this program yeah absolutely i mean there's there's quite a bit of diversity in terms of age and i mean i'll like um different preferences towards who you love definitely (laughs) sure (laughs) um and and i think that's 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 been really cool like from you know age 20 to like 67 has been like our our range um and one thing that's actually really cool there's these there's two women who are are in our program who didn't realize they were from the same area of Syria. Oh, really? And they found, they found each other like in this group. Wow. And uh, like around a campfire, they both discovered that one night and wow. like that. And, you <clears throat> know, I love that. and it was so, so cool to me because like one thing that they were like really geeking out on was just like how people in their culture don't do this. Mm. 
and it really just warmed my heart that they were they were doing it and not only that but they were then going back and inspiring people in like in their family to wow. you know to get more involved in, in into in that sort of thing yeah but i mean it's somewhat diverse but not as diverse as it could be yeah. definitely um but you know one thing that a couple of people have like pulled me aside to tell me is like they feel so welcome mm. in the group and that's so important to me because yeah. like if if it's a space especially in the outdoors where they can be exactly who they are that's that's everything yeah that's a seed that will be with them forever right and to be able to facilitate an experience where people feel that is such an honor yeah it was interesting that um so last week i was talking to my friend steve and we were talking about just that when you get out in the middle of nowhere or sitting on a campfire um political differences don't really make much difference anymore because you've obviously chosen something and that tells and that tells the other person about what kind of what kind of a person you are that tells them that okay regardless of whether we agree about other things regardless of whether we look the same we both chose to be out here exactly and that that tells me all i need to know about whether you're a good person yeah (laughs) i love that and steve said that and i thought it was i thought it was beautiful and it um this is this can be kind of a thing that it brings people together absolutely yeah and it does and it has and and i love documenting the experience too with the photography and the video and mm-hmm. and it's it, they're, it's great keepsakes for them too mm-hmm. and also i just i really believe that we're doing something special yeah. and so to be able to document it the way that we are i think is quite incredible yeah and so tell me so you you've got that going um you're also doing some photography jobs some some work on the sides mm-hmm. what other kind of stuff are you doing yeah so i actually not unsimilar to you have like find um kind of like startup people like startup companies or brands or young entrepreneurs and kind of help them build their brand okay like who are like what is their visual identity like how how do they want to show themselves in the world and Mm -hmm. so that has been a lot of fun absolutely um but just whatever comes to mind like i I did kind of the world we're living in right now especially especially right now you know and i had a good honor the other day of being able to photograph my friend's family Mm -hmm. and because he was a professional photographer filmmaker and just all around just total badass guy and his wife reached out to me and was like you know what he never has any photos of himself with the family and so they hired me to come oh that's cool and do some family portraiture and i loved it yeah and so just anything honestly that kind of comes my way i'm just like yes i love that yeah 100 i I was for a long time i had kind of said no to certain kinds of things Mm -hmm. i've always joked around like i don't i don't uh, photograph babies weddings or families um I literally on Saturday had a senior portrait shoot, yeah. which I don't ever do, but it was, it was actually the, the kid is a really, uh, a budding photographer mm-hmm. and his uh, mom actually went to high school with me. Oh, cool. So they reached out and he's been following me on Instagram. So he, <laughs> yeah. she said, how about if Dan does your picture? He's like, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So I did that. And then I actually did a, a, a shoot earlier in the week that was, um, a, a woman who is uh, a family friend who is a, you know, works at Nike executive job at nike and then she said hey by the way can we can you do family photos of me and my two-year-old so i we had we met and did headshots for her with lights and the whole deal yeah and then her mom delivered her two-year-old and then we chased him around uh in the and it was just golden hour so Mm -hmm. it was kind of like this light here but um it was kind of fun and um i don't normally do those but life is different right now yeah And, and so there's other it feels like 
I'm able to put myself in that more. And also the job is they're not real. I don't have a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to be able to go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of be involved in whatever I can find right exactly. now. Exactly. But isn't it interesting also to like see what that work looks like when you do it yeah you know because it's like you have your eye and that will come out in anything that you're doing and so even though it's like a senior portrait or even that stuff it's still your work and who you are and how you choose to to capture it well all last last month i did a whole bunch of uh real estate uh, photography which is really it's 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 um it's very formulaic mm-hmm. in the way you shoot it. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's just very different. It was really different. And I actually struggled with it uh, yeah. on a couple of shoots. I, was, I got done and I was like, oh no, what did, these didn't turn out right, like the way I expected to. And then I, and then I looked and I was like, oh yeah, there's part of the process that I just missed that I, mm-hmm. I did wrong. And so it's, it's been a great learning experience. So I've, I've been really, really enjoying it. And, um, and I, I, it'll be interesting to see kind of how, how, what, how it comes back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you, um, I thought this was totally interesting because this is something, so you have all these different things you're doing and then you also have some different like normal work that you've been doing as well. Yeah. <laughs> and you were work, you're working in the food, you know, working in restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, pretty much up until quarantine happened, I was working at a restaurant in Santa Monica for nine years on and wow. off. Nine, that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, it was, I'm so thankful for that place because it really supported me when I was developing. Like everything I just told you happened while I was at that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like the complete development of who I am and my personality and what like when I started working there I had not even done like a super long hike before sure and then it's just like to, to who I am now and so like you know I feel like a lot of people look down on kind of like some hospitality work sometimes sure. especially like in LA you know it's 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 very like oh you you're you know a working actor you work in a restaurant or whatever but like I would not change that for anything you get so much there's so many things about dealing with all kinds of different people Absolutely. that you get from that. Yeah. It actually pays pretty well. Yeah. I think, no, I it's, think it's assume, kind of insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, you know, making more than some of my nine to five friends yeah. with less I have hours. Never, I've and... never worked in that, in that side, in that industry, yeah. but I have a lot of friends that have, and we kind of, you know, like, well, oh yeah, you know, get a job doing this. And they go, oh, I make really good money. And, yeah. And I know there's some people who just have kind of landed in kind of coveted spots and they say, like, dude, I make more in tips than a lot of my friends make all week long. Yeah. And so, yeah. It, it's just a good life experience, too. Like, yeah, yeah. The, 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 team, the teamwork that has to happen and just, you know, the people I got to meet who both worked at the restaurant mm-hmm. in every aspect of it, but then also the people who came in. Yeah. You know, to be able to have, like, a good, honest conversation with anybody who you find in front of you, that's a really valuable skill. Yeah. One, it's great too because you have something that, regardless of where you go, you have this skill set. Exactly. That you can just drop right into. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need a job. Um, hey, the world is ending because of a virus. I can, <laughs> you know, and, I, and nobody wants to hire me to. <laughs> you know, I you can do this. And now restaurants maybe aren't the safest place to. Yeah, exactly. Go, but it's. I think in any other normal circumstance, you'd you'd be like, okay, great, cool. Yeah. I think that's great. I think um, that's a really. I think that's really, really beautiful. Yeah, and like I said, it just was really a great support because they would let me take off as much time as I wanted. I'm like, right. hey, I'm going to go walk across the country for a few months. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> like, Can I come back when um, I come back? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, actually, I have a shoot on this day. Can I work on this day instead? Or just, they're, yeah. And they're so generous and so nice to me about all that, and which is why I was there for so long. Yeah. And it's just, you know, 
a good place to be and like the food was always amazing and I and it fulfilled that niche that I was telling you about earlier yeah. about how I wanted to go to culinary school and yeah. so like they you know they're great there's a great chef great cooks there and I actually got is half open kitchen so and I expedited there for a while and so like yeah. I was learning so much about yeah, yeah. food and cooking like, well, and I'm cuisine. gonna try that I did <laughs> I was making like gourmet dishes at home from <laughs> observing them that's great and like cooking healthy and, and all that stuff. And so like I got a lot of value out of yeah. that. That just made a lot of other things I love richer. It. I love it. Okay. So um, it is golden hours arriving. You're going to be camping up here tonight. So we probably should uh, kind of wrap <laughs> things up. Also, my kids are off, off in the background. And my son is doing the crane kick from Karate Kid, I think. <laughs> so they're, they're, I think, on their last uh, little bit of uh, patience. Yes. <laughs> um, so we probably should wrap this up. But... Um, tell me where the best place that people can find um, the work that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Instagram is, of course, the easiest, most accessible platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at Sarah Skyan, yeah. all one word. On and I'll everything. put a link in the in our yeah. show notes for that. And then same thing with uh, if you're interested in following, you know, what we're doing with Adventure Fit. It's at Adventure Fit LA. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, I'll I'll put some a few links in there. Um, I don't think I have any pictures of your broken cameras or anything like Oof. that, so I, so I can't share that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and I one I'll I want to tag one more thing in here and just say one more thing. The reason why you are even up here, I had asked you to be on the podcast, and you said, "Oh yeah, that'd be uh, yeah." You're like, "I'm in, I'm in," and then we were starting to schedule, and you said, "Wait a second, I'm actually going to be in Oregon," and tell us why you were why you're up here because yeah. I think this is kind of cool, and it's <laughs> it's really interesting to me that it's. I think it fit. it's really fitting. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason why I'm up here is because I was giving my mom a very long ride who is hiking the Pacific Crest Trail right now. Um, she was in the Lake Tahoe area looking to go north, and there was a bunch of fires, as we all know, if you're on this side of the world, <laughs> what's going on. And um, she was trying to figure out a different plan. And so like, I kind of surprised her a little bit saying like, I'll take you to wherever you needed to go. And so she decided to flip up to the end of the trail on the Washington, um, Canada border and start from there backwards. And so I am up here because of that, but just really happy to support her on her journey because it's been quite a long treacherous journey for her because she started the PCT last year. Um, in Mexico and she got 700 miles which is incredible and then she had a fall and then she broke part of her back oh no and then so she was she came off the trail and was rightfully of course you know devastated for injury and then having to leave a trail like leave your dream and so she started again this year with hopes of just doing more and so I just want to support her because she's always 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 supported me and everything that I do even the crazy stuff that I'm sure if you have kids you're like you will never do that (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know like when I finished the John Muir Trail my first long distance hike she was at the end of it and she had blueberry muffins for me and just like and she had gotten a hotel room for me to take a shower and just has always been you know so supportive and so for me to be able to support her just meant everything and coincidentally we are on the we Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> um, well, this has been so much fun. So thank you for, well, thanks for making the time because I know you're off doing, uh, you're off in the woods doing cool stuff. And <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time and um, hanging out with my kids and 
I think he took some pretty cool pictures of them too. So I'm yeah, I'm excited to, to share those with you. Yeah. Got some videos too. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> good. Good. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending this time with us. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Also, I'm open to suggestions for interesting people to interview. So if you know of someone I should talk to, please reach out. You can reach out to me via the email link in the show notes, or you can send a message on Instagram or Facebook with the handle at GoTakePictures. New episodes are on the way soon, and if you subscribe, you'll get them as soon as they drop. But in the meantime, go take pictures.